Shut up, I love it. Nick, 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 uh, shut up. I love it. I'm Joe Cabello, the man with the orange skin, and I'm not talking about I'm Trump. I'm talking about a different shade of orange, and I'm here with... Sasha Filer. I don't understand this reference at all. I'm no, but people to, yeah. who know the topic will, I hope. It's actually really clunky, so. so. We'll find out. What is this? Where are we, Joe? Why don't you tell us what this podcast is? I love to explain it. Uh, So this podcast is one where we bring on a special guest to talk about something they love. I'm talking about sitting in a tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G, and first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes a baby in the baby carriage, if they're so lucky to uh, have one or adopt. So they love it, but the world might be misunderstood about it, hate it, be forgotten, canceled. I mean, we have the gamut of of things. Still haven't had it canceled one, but one day. I got them all in my back pocket, all my (laughs) top interests. Who is joining us today? Tell me, Joe. Oh, this is too long coming. This man, you might have seen him. uh, He's kind of an evil guy. He he works for the Empire as a stormtrooper sometimes. Whoa. He's one of the funniest guys on TikTok, on Instagram. You should go check him out. Frequently a tour stand-up. He's a great friend of mine. And even if he wasn't, I'd be a fan. Shane Hartline. Too Long Coming is a nickname you gave me one time. <laughs> this actually is Too Long Coming. I have a funny story. Uh, years, had to be years ago at this point, you reached out to me uh, and you're like, hey, do you have any ideas you want to come on the, this podcast? This, I think it's a great concept. I think it's a great podcast. Um, haven't listened to a single episode. It's a great <laughs> podcast. Um, no, but uh, I pitched Joe the idea uh, pro wrestling. I do also love pro wrestling. Joe shoots it down immediately. And then I see... Two or three weeks later, he has somebody on talking about wrestling. We, oh, Shane, we don't record it the day it comes out. I don't care. You realize I that, don't right? Care. Like, this isn't live. It is live to me, Joe. Yeah. It's live to me. And I just want to put that beef out there that we have to figure that out at some point. And, and it doesn't have to be today. It doesn't have to be. Today, well, let's see. I think if by you the end of this belt. episode, we're going to, we're going to, we need to squash beef. that beef. I'll let, I'll let, you know, Shane, by the end of this episode, if you've earned the title of being able to do pro wrestling here, pro wrestling which will part make two. you the heavyweight champion okay. of Shut okay. Up, I Love It. Cool. Sounds good. Definitely what are we talking about this episode? I do. Please tell us. <laughs> Joe, nobody else knows. You well, don't, know. don't they ask know me. The, you're, the, the <laughs> you're the title. We're supposed to, to ask you. Okay. What did you come here to talk about, Shane? Oh, Joe. I came here to talk about 90s Nickelodeon. 90s Nickelodeon is something that's very special to me. Um, it's 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 special for many reasons. It's uh, first and foremost, I think, like many people that that love something or that that hold on to some kind of interest or passion throughout their whole life. It's nostalgic. It's something. I, I rewatch episodes. I rewatch specials. So many of them are on YouTube currently, which is really mm. cool. And God, if th- there's nothing that sends me back to my childhood more than '90s Nick, and uh, uh, you know, and it's all encompassing. Like 
it's hard for me to pick like a favorite TV show or a favorite anything. It's like it's the energy that the television network the vibe had back. Mm-hmm. And so for people, this is uh, 1890s Nickelodeons. You would put a nickel yes. in a machine and a cartoon. Yeah, this is a very obscure episode that, that like two or three people are going to be interested. <laughs> Most people aren't alive who experience. There is an it. audience out there, and I'm one of the, the three uh, people. No, but uh, 1990s Nickelodeon, the TV channel, set everybody a little bit who doesn't know about Nickelodeon or wasn't blessed. I guess mm. it still exists, right? But. Yeah, I mean, of, it still uh, exists. I mean, it's still exists. I mean, it's still widely popular. But man, Joe, I mean, you you remember when we were kids? Like, there was nothing bigger when around our age range. Like, it just felt. There's so many reasons I think that it spoke to to kids our age, and I think that that was the core. It actually spoke to us. It didn't. It did. The, their their content, their television shows didn't. <sighs> There's a whole documentary about it called the the Orange Years that is just such a great documentary. But I think that the main thing that that really worked for kids our age show at the time is they didn't talk. The shows didn't talk down to us. They didn't like. They didn't. It talked to kids on the level that we wanted to be talked to, and and it the sh- the sh- the shows were talking about farts and burps and like '90s gross kid stuff that like no other polished kid shows had really done before disney channel was not yeah. doing what that this channel was doing it was kind of the mtv to the vh the mtv for kids is what it really felt like it when we were watching it it felt it felt like yeah mom dad you guys have heard tv shows but this is this is for us and this is special um it's so funny like there's so many i could go down and like so many reasons why it, it speaks to me so much but like growing up in Florida, I could go visit Universal Studios and Nick Studios was there at the time. Like you could go tour mm-hmm. and see the shows as they were happening. Get and slimed. I remember, yeah, you could get slimed, you could do all the things. And like I remember at such a young age, I, I from such a young age, I wanted to be an actor. Uh, because of really like seeing uh, Nickelodeon shows and like just wanting to be a part of them. It was magic to me. And I was very much like I still am. Like I, I, I was a bit of um, uh, a grab the, the bull by the horns type of kid. And I would pick up the phone and I would call Universal Studios and try to finagle my way onto tv shows like constantly just and you still trying. do that for, as far as, far as i'm aware it's not hard to get into star wars that's like, how you I got a number you, you just wanna... you bought the costume and then walked on set in this nobody's gonna question like, you yeah, okay. if you buy a good enough stormtrooper costume you could end up on set um but no i would call constantly like just because back then like we didn't have internet yet. That sounds so crazy, but we didn't have internet yet. It was different, yeah. Yeah, you, you had, had no way of being different. like, how do you become an actor? And to me, it was just like, my mom, she would always say, well, we'll whenever I see a casting call in a newspaper, I'll definitely like get you in on it. And that never happened And when I was a kid. And so to me, it was like, okay, that's the place to be on TV as a kid. And I would, I would call constantly and or the poor universal employees would just be so confused as uh, it, but so patient um yeah but so many reasons i think why it speaks to so me. you credit um the 90s nick 
as uh, the genesis of Shane Hartline. The genesis. I mean, definitely like the genesis of my interest in wanting to be an actor. I think. Yeah, um, and big time funny actor, right? Because yeah, everything is everything is like funny, like down to earth, and a lot of it is like kind of cool, but like in the surreal way. And I don't know what, I I don't know exactly your uh, type of comedy, but like it is. It is very I've surreal. The shit that we watched for, for years still don't know his type of comedy. Yeah, I don't either. No, no. I mean, but like the shit that I watched tonight, right, for this episode. Well, yeah, I let's was like let's it's cookie. It's insane, but like in a very fascinating way. So, Shane, would you tell us what you made us, made us, forced us to watch? And I had a little bit of a hand in this as well. There's got the, it, and I'm I'm pretty sure you watched the Halloween special. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nico Treat. Yeah, yes. careful how you say that. Um, I don't ever want to say it out loud because that was, I think they've been ridiculed since then of that like horrible yeah. branding of what that special was called. But yeah, uh, Nick used to have like a yearly uh, Halloween special of like uh, a block of shows that, that would be like Halloween themed and Halloween commercials. And there are some that are still on YouTube, the, the full uncut like three VHS. four hour block mm-hmm. but and what's something we might get into is like this wasn't uh unique to nick but i think it's fairly unique to what we see now or what is like uh pop culture is networks had their halloween night or their christmas night where it's like even tgi fridays which was what abc or uh-huh, something like uh-huh. that a friday night block of shows that was like branded with interstitial content and shows it's like oh every episode is going to be christmas or halloween themed and you would have that in these different now disney channel would have that and we would all talk about that it would be event television and you don't really have that as much now when people are mostly watching streaming now there aren't mm-hmm. really like mm-hmm. saturday night friday there's night no events blocks. there's yeah. no events uh, watching TV, you know, back then was an event. Like you could, and if you missed it, you missed it. Yeah, if you missed the Halloween um, episode, you weren't gonna watch it for twenty five years later when it got uploaded mm, to Hulu or to a, something to a computer. Yeah, yeah, it was that. That's also what made it so special. Is like uh, SNCC every Saturday night was an event for kids. Like uh, there was just if you miss SNCC, like oh, your family's having a barbecue or something that's late and, like, you know, you don't have any young cousins or whatever, so it's just going to be boring anyway. It's like, you miss Snick? Uh-huh. You'd be so pissed. Yeah, I mean, for, yeah, I mean, um, but to go back on what I think you guys researched in particular, the Halloween block is what I'm going to call it because I refuse to say what the title is. Um <laughs> Dude, wow. I can't read it out loud. Choice. It doesn't come out right. Do you want to try? Even it, if you speak really slowly and enunciate, you still don't want to get caught. I don't want to even. Joe, yeah. you want to give it a shot? Been edited. Uh, I really don't now. Okay, exactly. I feel like I'm falling. People into can go trap. do their own research and figure it out. Um, but no, like the Pete and Pete uh, Halloweeny episode special or the spe- their Halloween episode. That's that's something without without fail. Every Halloween, I, I still watch it. It's just visually, um, one, I think visually Pete and Pete, The Adventures of Pete and Pete, were just so ahead of its time. And that's 
there's some quite a bit of 90s nick that you know i i try to revisit a lot of it here and there and a lot of it doesn't hold up like much content from back in the day it's gonna happen but for some reason man pete and pete is still timeless to me yeah it's a good timeless so when you brought that up you're like i'm not sure what other else for the other show i felt like for just so much it's so hard well and you can't just watch uh a show or two in a vacuum so I immediately looked up the blocks of time they would have because I would actually watch some of these for Toonami. That was the old Cartoon mm. Network mm-hmm. uh, anime-like sections that have, you know, five-hour blocks or whatever. And what's so important to it is the vibe of the night. So you have the interstitial content, even the commercials. Like, to me, all of that seemed important to it. They even have in this thing that we watched... Um, a call in it's such yeah. a time capsule a call in like nobody does that anymore. vr thing where it, you would do it totally different the computer graphics today. are so yeah 90s it's it, it's just like a looped video of a <laughs> first person trick-or-treating and they it was like the pick a door or yeah something. yeah and the, i'm sure how they do it is just oh the kid said uh door number two so we mm-hmm. play door number two video oh, file yeah. and mm-hmm. then it goes mm-hmm. to that one seamlessly uh and yeah the kid like wins prizes and i remember that one but so i wanted sasha i said swatch the first 45 minutes or so of this youtube i watched Snick 44 is that okay or treat i think uh, you really missed uh, it uh with that you needed to minute. consume the whole thing <laughs> Um, but so that being said, I'm really interested with who I am always delighted to watch these like Americana nostalgia. Oh, I'm dying stuff, to hear what And then thinks. have Sasha be a part of it. Cause I mm-hmm. assume Nickelodeon wasn't really something you grew up with. <laughs> no, cause I came to America after 90s. So to me, like it's the same, like high school, I have no point of reference, like high school or younger. I have no point of reference to like what is it like to be a kid in America. Mm. I have not like I mm-hmm. know what it's like to be nineteen in America and up, but like I don't know anything what it's like growing. So to me, it's like looking into the time capsule of how I might perceive growing up from like in Siberia, growing up in America, and it's like, and it's like wacky. You know, it's like if, uh-huh. if this is how I I don't I didn't see this, but it still kind of works with how the nineties made me feel about America. Like how I was going to ask you that is that like kind of how you pictured kids? Kind of. Yeah. It really worked. And like, yeah, very <laughs> like a lot of products, but like in the cool way that kind of make you be like, wow, they got the best stuff. Yeah. And then, like, it was the golden age, really. The like, golden age. The golden age for sure. fucking rich. Even like. Everybody's rich. Even Everybody's the parents rich. working nothing. <laughs> jobs it did feel like special rich. like even as a kid it did feel it felt like you we were a part we were seeing something different you were see- part of it right? yeah like- you did feel a part of it they did so many things um not to tangent but 90s nick did so many things like they would have uh, this thing called the big help where once a year they'd get like all they'd like all right you pledge as kids to do something to better your community and like so it's like they would rally kids together they'd have things like 
um, almost like that show Supermarket Sweep where it would be like a commercial, mm-hmm. but it would be at like a KB toy store. And these kids were competing and you have 90 seconds to fill your shopping carts full of toys. And it's like things like that. It's like kept you always watching because you're like, oh, I want to be that kid. I want to be a part mm-hmm. of this. Like and that there was just so many things as part of the 90s, Nick, like that made a kid want to be a part of it, like the game shows. And it all uh-huh. felt real and it all felt possible because there were real kids a part of these things. Um you know, since since becoming or now becoming an adult, like Joe and I have even made friends with some of the people that were major parts of this network in this period of time. Yeah, it's and kind of insane, to be honest. It, 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 um, Josh Server is a close friend of both of ours, and he was uh, an all that like one of their main cast members. And it still to this day, like baffles me because I grew up watching him. And being so inspired by him, and same, yeah. And now it, we're just buddies, you know, yeah. just like. Uh, but there's not a time that goes a, by where I still don't, Where I don't, there's not a time that goes by where I still don't like look at him and see that kid and think right. like, holy crap, like, like he was a part of my like childhood, like, mm-hmm. and, and in huge ways, like, in, inspired me to do what I'm doing now, and it's just wild. Life is crazy. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. The abundance, in just any possible sense, like yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. it feels like. Everything the 90s, was big. The kids. Everything's big. Everything is accessible and like free, and fun and easy. Well, and yes, cool. and I still <laughs> remember a bit of a divide because when I got cable with my family, that was a big deal. We didn't have cable for a long time. Then all of a sudden, it was like you have hundreds of channels including Cartoon Network. And you're like, what's Cartoon Network? <laughs> and you who, turn that on and like Johnny mm-hmm. Quest is playing and you're mm. like, what's going on? There's just like cartoons. There's never cartoons right now on channels I have. What's happening? Mm-hmm. And then you would get Disney Channel and Nickelodeon. Um, so I remember a bit of a like cable was still becoming a thing and these networks were trying to make their mark on uh-huh. in cable. Yeah. So Shane, were you, are you nostalgic for any of the other networks from that age? Like uh cartoon network, Disney, those networks that were doing kind of the same thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, definitely. I, we consumed as a family, like the full house and like the, like some of the, like the family matters and, the sitcoms of that time, but like those were a part of just like ABC and the networks and, but Nickelodeon felt like a whole package. It felt like it's, it's in, it's its own thing. And those things just felt like a part, a little blip on the chart of something else um, that we would just like consume. And then, but I don't think that it was like, Oh, I love ABC. You know, like I love like, Mm You know, definitely wasn't into Disney Channel, like really whatsoever. Yeah, what's the deal with Disney Channel? Can you all tell Interesting. me? Interesting. I'm huge. <clears throat> I was a huge fan of the Disney Channel of that era uh-huh. um, and beyond. Uh, of course, I think it was less like weird 
And, you know, yeah, we'll talk sure. about Wienerville and stuff. And, you know, right. it had to play more Disney. But there was still a lot of, like, nostalgia. And they did, I, I would say, the same thing in terms of we make event nights. Like, our Friday, uh-huh. you got to be there. Saturday, Sunday, even has a different vibe. What is it? A thing. You know, so very successful in the same way Nickelodeon was. To me, they kind of go hand in hand as far as hmm. it was like. Uh, and you'll you'll get this, Shane, when Raw and Nitro were on at the same time, and you're uh-huh. like, I "I'm gotta... not talking about this in this episode." No, I no know. Res- no you're wrestling n- talk in this. Well, episode. you might not come back for an episode about wrestling. Yeah, we'll see about that. So uh-huh. See, but it was like that where you had to flip mm-hmm. back and forth some nights. Like, oh, I hate that I have to see both of these things. It might have been that I didn't get Disney Channel for a second, but I don't really remember. I was just so in heck. I left it. I left it on. I just in my bedroom. I was just. That's the channel that was always on. It feels like Disney commercials were very, like. Disney had no commercials. So the thing that's really? interesting about Disney is they didn't have any product commercials. They had commercials that was all original content. So their commercials would have interviews with their stars, featurettes, and things like that. I didn't know that. But they. And similar, a TV show I wrote for that was this kids non-union channel thing, they did the same thing. That was, like, how they were able to get a license. And, uh, like, I, I, I'm not sure how it works, but you can basically get a free, like, cable license <clears throat> if you just do mm-hmm. children's content with no commercials. Uh-huh. That's an oversimplification of what it is, but it's basically something like that. Um, and they would just have like little clips and snippets of science facts and things. That's what hmm. Disney did. That was kind of a difference between Nickelodeon and Disney, which made Nickelodeon a little more cool too, because you're like, ooh, toy commercials and stuff, which mm-hmm. you got to see a bunch of. Sasha. Well, they weren't shy about pushing toys and everything. Yeah, I wanted everything and remembered yeah. wanting everything that I watched in the uh, the YouTube first 40 Did other oh, yeah. kids actually have that shit that they were advertising oh yeah or was I, it like not super accessible no super accessible like every okay. thing that they t- had a commercial for cool tools for example yeah cool tools is completely real I, I, uh, my daughter would love that opening shit. this because it's been such a long time but like gak, he's got gak oh my like God. it's been a long time since i opened this it's not even really in it, and it's, it's dissolved into powder. Gak <laughs> was a big thing, it. Sasha. Gak. What is yeah, it? Just is it just goo? Mm-hmm. Just a goo. You make it fart, or mm. you know, do all this stuff. So many uses. <laughs> so yeah. th- all that stuff is real. All those commercials and whatnot. And I'm interested, Sasha. I know you like to hold your cards close to your chest. For '90s, Nick, we have to do that. But I'm wondering how you felt about Pete and Pete and Wienerville. <laughs> <laughs> which were kind of the so two shows two. that yeah fell in that I, I feel like uh pete and pete i respected but i didn't get into it mm. i was like this is cool cool writing i like how I, um, it is how to get <sighs> out of here uh, yeah. uh, i know Shane's and i was like as a so kid right i would now. also be like okay this is cool i would love but, though if she's like didn't like pete and pete now wienerville uh, i was it in might be, i don't know it was it was wacky enough that I was like, I can't take my eyes off of it. Like, it's so <laughs> weird. I want to keep watching. What the fuck? So then I would keep on watching. Like, I actually even looked it up. Like, I was like, Wienerville. So can we get in, in, a, in a quote you saying, I like Wienerville more than Pete and Pete? Yeah. 
Okay. Wow. It's there. We're I would say so. Anybody in history has ever said that. I <laughs> no, maybe not, but I also like to look at things like that, like as a kid, how I would see that, and I can mm-hmm. imagine. And um, I was like, what out of all this forty-five minutes that Shane slash Joe apparently uh, told me to watch for this episode? What would be the most interesting thing for me as a as a kid? And I and I like this sketch with the ghost. So was that Winterville? The the, the ghost was behind him. Oh, you guys I'd have to it. It. I can't Did remember. Did you do the homework? Yeah, I, I feel like that it. was Winterville. <laughs> yeah, so there was some funny shit that I was like, "That's so absurd," and that was Winterville. And yeah, then, it was Winterville. Yeah, I know the bit you're talking about. I was like, that's funny. And then, and there's, you know, like just the tiny bodies of the puppets mm-hmm. with the human faces. I'm like, that's just creepy, but I like, I want to watch it. Yeah. Like, it's exciting that I'm like, I just, what the fuck is going on? And like, the use I, of cartoons they already had licenses for that would cost I enjoy them the cartoons. <laughs> Those were fun cartoons, like so weird. I'm like, the tone of this cartoon is weird, but I would be enjoying it as a kid. And I feel like I enjoyed it now more out of the whole thing. Peter and Peter, I saw the quality in it. But I, I, I guess I just, it was just, I don't even know if it was hard to put. The premise was a little too out there for me to fully mm-hmm. jump on board. But I respected it way more than any basic kids show. That's for yeah. sure. There was something that some of those shows did that were like, you had Hey Arnold. Mm-hmm. And that show is incredibly melancholy. Like, no kid... That that fucked up my emotional being for so long, but also helped. What's what's the premise? Why is it so is, sad? It's not that the premise is sad. The premise is just there's this guy Arnold who lives in a borough in New York with his friends and goes through life, but just mm-hmm. the episodes were always so melancholic. They'd yeah, have fun okay. and stuff, mm-hmm. but it it was very much that way. And Doug mm-hmm. even felt uh, heavily that way, and Pete and Pete. Pete and Pete is absurd, and that's why it's so like next level. But it Pete also Pete also has like, and tell me if you agree with this. It has some kind of, I don't know if ethereal is the right word. Definitely not ethereal, but it feels dreamlike. Every episode feels almost Creepy. like it's not real reality. Like yeah. it feels like alternate dimension, almost like. You know the the whole popular craze like liminal spaces right now like it just feels like a little yeah. backroomy kind of energy always feels dreamlike like I'm watching someone's dream like the yeah. colors and I don't know but also feeling very real like, uh-huh. you know dreamlike and like your real emotions fitting into a, biz- a bizarre and ludicrous scenario mm-hmm. the way dreams are you know like you could be dancing on clouds, but be like worried about dancing the clouds in the real way you would be, uh-huh. like dancing on a jet ski. Mm-hmm. Remember when Kanye crashed the jet ski with Kim riding on back of it, and there's video of it. No, <laughs> go look it up. I will. It's really this. fun. So both of you were into Pete and Pete like big time. Like if it's on, you're like, I fucking love this episode. Like any uh, single episode. Nick, I was into Nick and everything, okay. but I would say like. Pete and P was like my favorite and mm-hmm. probably still exists as my favorite TV show personally. Wow. Yeah. I loved Pete and Pete. Uh, I haven't revisited it other than watching this one in so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, partly because I just felt that so much emotional force that I would feel like wow. there's some of those shows that I know will take me back 
we were just talking about Hey Arnold. Like, I don't know if I could watch Hey Arnold again because oh, no. I remember how I felt at that time. Just, and PNP was earlier. Brain, just as a, as a young person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just like really takes me back to those feelings. Well, Maybe, I mean, diving into Are You Afraid of the Dark, too. Like, oh, my God. Kids, as kids, that was, they're still, some of them are still haunting. Like, like, but for kids, like, you shouldn't have been seeing some of that stuff. They yeah, pushing, it's crazy how challenging out. everything was. Was it really was, scary? Yeah. It says horror oh, for, Yeah, for was our it? age and that period of time that we weren't exposed to things like that yet. I mean, kids are so desensitized now, like, it probably would, yeah. it would not phase them. But for us back then, like, it was a lot. It was a lot. Like what? Shape, corpses, vampires, all kinds like, of things. Yeah, it's usually just like yeah, the darkness of what happens. Even if the thing is kind of silly or something, it's just like mm -hmm. it can end really darkly. There's a lot of it, shit with aliens in it mm -hmm. too. Ooh. Those ones are scary. Are real. I do. Mm -hmm. I do want to go back because I I interrupted you a bit, but I do. I completely kind of understand where you're, you're coming from about not wanting to revisit certain things like i i feel that way sometimes too because like with paramount plus you can access pretty much everything from 90s nick and you'd think i would just like eat it eat it up like dive in watch everything but there is a lot of things i don't want to <clears throat> revisit because i don't want what the memory of it was to be tainted somehow i don't know like can does that make sense yeah for sure. Uh, for me, I'm not so worried about the memory being tainted of it or like the memory of the quality Feeling of it being tainted, but taint, definitely taint. like the memory of my taint, which is much yeah. smaller and we all remember it. Not braided. I braid it mm. religiously now. But yeah, I'm not worried about that, but I think I'm worried about going back to those that feeling and I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't want to feel like that there was a level of uncertainty at that age and like a lot of mm. there's also good things, but those <clears throat> good things, I'm I just realizing that. my childhood was all scary to me. <laughs> hey, it was scary for every kid. Um, yeah. And I think it will take me to that while like when I watched it at the time, it was my refuge from that. Mm -hmm. Watching mm. it now as an adult, like unless the show is really it good. You feel some of those feelings. Yeah. Here. Music yeah. does that shit too, right? Like if you're really listening oh, to yeah. an album, Mu over music's and over, a time machine. You cannot touch it. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, how it could make you feel. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, um, Pete and Pete ran for four seasons, right? And then, like, wow, yeah, it was very maybe that? three even. I think like it was. What, what happened? Uh, I, Do we know, or is it like I unknown? think it, they? It, I don't know that it was. I think it might have just been canceled, but. There's a crazy story about the Pete and Pete DVD releases, actually. And it's funny. Another friend that we've made through our acquaintances and all of our... Joe and I collect 90s Nick actors like Pokemon, <laughs> basically. Um, we've made we've made friends with little Pete, the little younger brother Pete. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Danny, Danny Tamborelli is one of the nicest dudes. And really sweet I found guy. out... There's, <laughs> I found up a, a, a story through him that something happened with the licensing of the DVDs or something, but they only released the first and second season on DVD, I believe, or maybe first, second, third, but whatever the fourth or third, whichever whatever was the, the final, final season yeah. is sitting in a warehouse somewhere. Like apparently mm. there's like a whole story that they printed them, they packaged them 
and they're like sitting in a warehouse because some there was some licensing issue that prevented it from being uh, sold to people. So there's like <clears throat> online communities that, and, and crazy things that have been started of people that are just like flood the Pete and Pete warehouses. Like, oh my god. Uh, but that yeah, stuff it's gets crazy weird. to think like, and how many other stories like that possibly exist of like some kind of physical media, uh, and and Pete and Pete is actually something that isn't on Paramount Plus, which is interesting. Um, it might be a music issue or something like that. I th so uh, music issues are kind of the biggest culprit. I forget which uh, series in the past couple years where this happened to them, but I think it was Wonder Years. The Wonder Years, which used a lot of music, but at a time where, in contracts, you there was no physical release mm. uh -huh. of that. So then, once it goes that the songs are like, well, you didn't buy the physical release license, uh, that'll be you know a quarter of a million dollars, and uh -huh. like I can't do that. So then they have to release it with like temporary tracks that just uh -huh, ruin uh -huh. the show. So that's kind of the common one. And I could see a show like that having a bunch of uh, licenses for like bands that now are have, were one hit wonders and are now in like universals mm. licensing mm -hmm. or something like mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. own them. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And that's why I tell people if you do have like physical media of something that you, you do like really have a connection with keep it never never get rid of it yeah you it, just don't know that shit goes away um mm -hmm. just recently i was looking at one of my dvds i was like oh i'm glad i have this because i want to watch it and i just looked it up it's streaming nowhere and if you want to buy the dvd it's really expensive mm -hmm. or 100%. watch a ripped shitty version online 100 percent. i want to go don't... back to just for a second yeah, sorry, to understanding like nick as a channel for it was, you know, I wasn't familiar with that. So if Nickelodeon made good burger, does it mean this is the only place that that movie was playing on or how good you, burger uh, went, uh, theatrical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And but that then, was what was cool too. And then when Nick started making features, cause that also felt like oh these are for us these are movies for us and they're like, bigger bigger than even anything they did and the the uh, vhs cassettes would come orange mm -hmm. yes yeah. they did everything like special and different yes. and, and and yeah they made it special yeah my joke about special. the orange was because yeah. nickelodeon orange oh, everything's oh, orange now, people who've listened this whole time know that that's what I was doing. It was really funny. Hey, nothing's funnier than like having to explain a joke that nobody got in the first place. Like, <laughs> well, I think people, you guys now. didn't get it, but a lot of people got it. Yeah, I can't wait to go back and listen again. <laughs> Shane, is there anything we want to cover before we go um, to the ratings? Anything you haven't mentioned that you wanted to mention about the '90s, Nick? Yeah, I think like. I mean, I don't know. I think that it just was, it was the whole package of it. It wasn't just like a TV channel. It was like I said, you could go to Universal Studios and you could experience and be a part of it. It made kids, I mean, it might have just, it really might have just spoke to me as someone who wanted to be on television. It made it seem so possible. Like mm -hmm. you could touch it. I mean, you could if you went to Universal Studios. Like it, um, you could watch the shows being made and gack it. Um, yeah, you gack. Get gacked, uh, but 
that might be why it's so special to me personally because I just it uh, made all this feel like it was possible. Yeah. Yeah, something that a lot of people can never feel when they're young, right? Like if they dream yeah. of jobs and entertainment, they're like, well, I had no reference point to be thinking that it's even possible. Well, so even, this is especially back then for us for you. when, you know, I'll go back when to say like the internet was not like a common thing that every house had. So it was when something pops up in the newspaper, Shane, or we have a little theater in town that you can do little productions in, or you can shoot home videos at home, which is what I did. And, and you know, so that's the thing that that kids today will never understand. Like if they want to learn how to do something, it, they can find out how to do it in seconds. For us, it was like you had to, as to, if I wanted to become an actor, it's like, man, you better find somebody that is doing it, has done it, uh, or a possible scam in the newspaper. Yeah, uh, or get, yeah. yeah, sucked into some kind of casting scam or something. There was one. It was funny. Like when I was, I, I, my mom must have like implanted this in my brain because when I was like a year old, she got sucked into one of those like, <laughs> and the, it was this company that came through our town, and they're like, pay this X amount of money. I, I shudder to think of what my poor family at the time didn't have the money to pay paid for this but they're like we'll put your kid on tape um just kind of playing and doing kid stuff and then we'll take that yeah. tape and get your kid into we'll get castings and auditions and um total scam we never heard mm -hmm. or, uh, anything but i have a tape of like my fur my screen debut it's like this purple oh, so you VHS. do have it though yeah that was worth it my, my parents have it um but yeah it was just such a scam like and it that was so commonplace back then because, you know, uh, fame is that thing it's, that everyone. It's still commonplace, just in different ways. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely <laughs> true. All right, I think it's the perfect time to go to the ratings. Joe, would you tell us how they work? Yes, we're gonna rate '90s Nick on a scale of zero to ten, using something else as the basis of that scale. So you could choose Disney Channel was an seven out of ten and this was better it's an eight out of ten or you could say hey getting a handy under the bleachers oh is a ten out of ten and this is almost as good as that it's a nine out of ten or whatever you want if that doesn't make sense sasha and i will go first i'll compare yeah i'll compare the 90s nick to this other import that happened but it happened a little late for me like age wise but because you know ducktales like they came out in the 80s yeah but but i love ducktales but, but i got familiar with them when we already was like a just <laughs> then just don't stop. say it again yeah <laughs> teenager so like you know over whatever at 12 13 so like it came later in the 90s to russia and i still loved it like i was like this is for younger children than me but I love this shit because some episodes were pretty dark and I was like really into that. Um, and it has that nostalgic quality of me and also the sense of import that uh, I, the 90s Nick makes me uh -huh. have the same f feeling. So DuckTales specifically Ooh. and like they would be a company. That's right. And you're saying the, the whole thing about commercials. Obviously, I believe you, Joe. But I also like however they packaged for Russia. They had commercials. It'd be like Johnson and Johnson baby shampoo or like shit like that. So I got to watch a lot of those things. That um, was on Disney Channel. 
I mean, that was just on a channel. Like, okay, because my commercial so thing is for know. Disney Channel specifically. So, like, I don't know how they package them. You know what I mean? Like, they might have had to add those for foreign countries. I don't know. Oh, yeah, if they syndicate the content. Yeah, yeah, yeah syndic- syndication. So, I still love DuckTales, and Ooh. I feel like, yeah, like, revisiting <laughs> that shit would make me also feel weird and nostalgic. Like, But, like, nostalgic, but also weird, like, remembering too much, like, how I felt in that mm. vulnerable age. But I love DuckTales. Um, haven't watched it since then, but all my memories are just positive Ooh. about the qualities. Thank you. I'm going to give it 9 out of 10. You know, I don't have this nostalgic connection with the 90s Nick, but I have a lot of respect of what it's doing, and I feel uh-huh. like it would raise a cooler generation of kids than a lot of other shit. So I'll give it like 8 just because I don't have that connection, but I feel like it has so much potential. Very cool storytelling. I can see comedians come out of it, like grow up on that <laughs> yeah. shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Wienerville, so come on. Come on, come on. Um, Joe, what about you? So, I, I mean, obviously I'm familiar with it. We've been talking about it. I was so excited to discuss this topic. Um, and like I alluded to earlier, it's not unique. Uh, and that's not a bad thing about it. But there's many channels that I have this memory from. I said uh, Disney Channel, but also Cartoon Network's Toonami. Oh, God, don't get... That's a whole episode. Uh, just... Filming on my DV cam, the sh- the static screen. So I would save a copy of the static Cinemax pornography <laughs> by sh- pointing my DV camera at the screen. Oh, the time, the po- work, pointing your dick time we put in yeah. back then. You had to put channels. in that time. When other people give up, that's just when we get started. Uh, but Toonami, that was Cartoon Network's anime, like kind of more um, mature cartoons than what they were usually showing. And this was formative to me later when Nickelodeon, I was maybe aging out of it a little bit or whatever. Um, Toonami I have great memories of. It introduced me to so much anime. And I think that all of you, the United States, like the popularity of anime in the United States is owed to Toonami on -hmm. its back. Uh, it's just a 10 out of 10. Love right. Toonami. Toonami. Nickelodeon, I mean, there's no competition here. These are all just kings. It's a 10 out of 10. It's, it was formative just for a different era. Uh, you know, the you have Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, Toonami, TGIF. There's just these pillars that are so important and I wonder what the the version of that today is, or if there even is one, where everybody of a certain demographic like is keyed into the same thing. I, it's sad, I but know. I want to say it's probably like TikTok. Yeah, where like a certain group of people all know all a trend are, feel like or on something. It feels like kids are on TikTok. And maybe there's something to that that's kind of cool, but I think what made uh, something like Tsunami, Nickelodeon, Disney Channel, there was a creative vision of like mm-hmm. not one person, but a centralized source saying, hey, this is what we want this to look and feel like. And mm-hmm. everything's going to look and feel Everything like Everything felt like, yeah, like it was a part of this. A bento box package. of weirdness. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
and it's great every time you know what you're gonna get so yeah 10 out of 10 i mean i i love it it was a joy watching all the stuff again i want to watch more of it um but it also makes me sad and lonely for the old days shane yeah. most importantly what about you so i'm comparing 90s nick to what i'm sorry anything you want. you want yeah life being married chocolate chip getting cookies. a handy under the done. bleachers uh, uh what didn't make sense about that i mean i've never experienced that unfortunately that's still no. on my bucket list <laughs> uh, one day well one day. i you know another thing 90s professional wrestling like that was something mm. i was also into is that just in, so i could bring Snack up it, in, it could be anything Snack i mean if if handy under the bleachers was valid yeah. 90s okay. wrestling is more than valid and i just compare the two that's all i do well you give a rating yeah. to one to give us a sense of scale and then okay you, you heard what we did right scale just do that just make the best of it <laughs> yeah some people I don't, like, don't, I don't even get this the scale. It, okay um <laughs> I, He's panicking. Uh, I guess I guess people who bid on the show eighteen times they don't get yeah. the scale. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair. Including might us. be a time to reassess this segment. Um, no, I, I would I would say nineties wrestling. Uh, nine out of ten. I oh, mean, you're doing it. You're doing it. This is great. Okay. You know what, Joe? I'm gonna say, and this may be a little teaser and a cliffhanger for a future episode. I think I like nineties wrestling more than nineties Nick. Oh, he's trying okay. to go for the belt. All right, all right. Nine. Okay. Nineties wrestling, and then an eight. Nineties Nick. Nineties Nick, respectable. Very close. All things nineties. It was both of them were pretty close. Yeah. Fair. We heard it. You heard it here first. This is great. Um. Well, that concludes the the ratings part of this episode. Shane, thank you so much for coming on. Shut up! I oh man, thank you for having me. Wait, Shane, I have an announcement. Shane. Oh shit! Right. And the new champion heavyweight belt, Shane Hartline. You have earned you your status to come back and talk about, talk about wrestling, pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah, fucking do it, dude. Okay, cool, it's been cool. too long. Yeah, I know I you're a big it. fan of Vince McMahon, especially with Stop. his recent <laughs> allegations. You were really stoked about that, so. <laughs> too soon <laughs> um, that's really no, this was fun. i'm excited to finally uh get on here shane where else can the world see you besides uh what is it obi-wan the tv mm -hmm. show or yeah mm -hmm. where else uh you can catch me in 20 minutes when i go to joe's house and kick his ass uh, <laughs> no uh, um yeah just look up shane harline on socials um i'm pretty much on every social media platform linkedin Link, yeah, I'm bit man, big on LinkedIn. LinkedIn <laughs> had a account. Gary V, you know, telling me go all in on LinkedIn this week. Um, you gotta no, go uh, all in on LinkedIn. I bro, mean, bro. you're talking about. I, try, I'm, I really want to try to do an impression of him. He's a tough impression. Oh, fucking all in on LinkedIn, bro. Um, Quit your job. Quit your job. That's... Go all fucking in on LinkedIn. Post twenty fucking times a day, bro. Shut up! Um, I love Gary V. <laughs> <laughs> That's my third episode I want to come back for. But yeah, Shane Harline on socials. Just search me and I'll pop up. Awesome. Joe, what about you? What's going on? Uh, you know, right now, I think as this episode's coming out, the Kickstarter for my novel, Technovirus Here and the Girl, is live. Joe, can I ask so, you how was Pasadena Comic-Con? Oh, yeah. It was really fun. Uh, you know, not huge. Mm -hmm. I didn't do any of the panels, but there was some good celebrities there. How many years have they done it? 
in Pasadena? Oh, I'm not sure, but it was. I'm gonna look into that. It was pretty packed and uh, had a good time. Got a lot of gifts for my wife more than myself. Although oh, I nice. did almost walk out with a Thundercats metal sword. <laughs> That's what four beers on an empty stomach before uh, Pasadena Comic Con will do to you. I love it. Uh, but yeah, and you'll one day see my new book there. So go to my socials. You'll find me at the Kickstarter. My book is probably one of the most important books written in the last 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Agree. Thank you, oh, no. Shane. Thank, thank you, you, Joe. Thank you. thank you, Elizabeth Salud, for this artwork. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this awesome track. And thank you for listening.